You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. Handcrafted, expert approved, with over 20 international blind tasting awards. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series, where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Well, welcome to Pizza Talk. Actually, we used to call it Pizza Talk. Now we call it Pizza Quest, our original name. Uh, we kind of retired Pizza Talk after the first couple of years when the when the uh, what would you say the the pandemic theme quieted down. And now we're talking about a whole lot of other things. So I want to get back to the whole heart of Pizza Quest, which is the Quest. And I'm with uh, our friend uh, Idris Laksa today, who's coming to us from the Bay Area, uh, a podcaster, a pizza. He's a Pizza Quester, basically. You are a fellow Pizza Quester doing on your own quest. And that's really what I want to talk about with you today, Idris, is, is your journey, uh, how you got on it, what you're doing. Uh, I also am seeing a, a, over your shoulder a little poster for Pizza Leah, a pizzeria in Windsor, which I just visited uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was there for the first time. Uh, Leah Skirto, uh, award-winning pizzeria up in uh, in Sonoma County. So uh, I see it's part of your wall of fame. Have you had have you had Leah on your on your podcast? I've had Leah on the podcast. She was an amazing guest talking about her opening of a new store and the short staffing and the pandemic and how it all just kind of fell in her lap at the time of opening. It was ridiculous. But also I've had Pizza Leah's pizza. And I have to say, it's one of the best in the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really impressive. Uh, we She sent us out a whole assortment. I brought a, a group in and she sent us an assortment of her of her favorite pizzas. And we were all suitably impressed. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are people out there that are doing it, you know, and it's a growing number of people that are that are making memorable destination pizza. Uh, I know Leah's also, uh, in fact, we're going to be having Leah on our podcast uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I know she's been competing in international competitions and she's doing, the, she's following the whole track that so many of the people that you and I have been following are on, which is, you know, getting into the competitions, uh, uh, meeting the great pizza makers from around the world and being influenced by them and then becoming influencers themselves. So you've seen it. You've been a witness to it. Uh, are you also in the pizza game? Do you have a pizzeria of your own uh, of your own, or a, a shop or have you thought about doing that or pop-ups or anything? I have thought about it. The reason why I started the podcast was to be able to learn more about the industry. Ah. And yeah, and I've done pop-ups here and there, but mainly for charity, to be able to give away pizza for free without transacting any money wow. so that I can get my practice in yeah. without having to worry about the health department uh-huh, coming on uh-huh. me or anything like that. So you're kind of in your paying your dues phase for the for the, the making side of it. But um, 
Uh, but yeah, and your by the way, your podcast is called What's Good Dough, correct? And, correct. and is, that's also your handle on Instagram and everything else. What's Good Dough? Tell us a little bit about What's Good Dough and how did it all kind of come about? And give us take us back, uh, you know, on your journey. Right. So it all started in 2018 when I wanted to open up a pizzeria for myself. I overheard this conversation between my cousin and my grandpa, and they were just talking about, hey, wouldn't it be great to own a pizzeria yeah. when you retire? <laughs> and I thought, why would, why would someone want to open a pizzeria when they retire? That sounds like a great gig. <laughs> and at the time, I wasn't too satisfied with my job. And I thought, opening a pizzeria, that sounds like an amazing thing to do. And I'd get to work with pizza on a daily, my favorite food. Yeah. Sign me up. Right. And so I looked for a place you to got, work at. You got pulled in like so many others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. The romance of it all. <laughs> it's very romantic. You know what? When I decided like pizza sounds like a good idea, I went to go find a, a place to work at, a pizzeria that was like five minutes away from me. Mm. I guess long story short, it didn't work out because I moved 45 minutes away. Mm. I was taking on that job uh, in addition to my full-time job. So working about 60 hours a week and I was a young kid at the time and I was missing out on the weekends, the family fun. And I was like, all right, something's got to give. And I think it's pizza uh, or at least working at a pizza restaurant on my uh -huh. weekends. Uh -huh. but, I, but I thought to myself, why not continue paying my dues and getting that practice at home? And so that's when I became a home baker. And my wife had this great idea to start an Instagram page. I was very anti-social media back then. And she was like, no, let's just start an Instagram page, you know, take some pictures and show it off to family and friends. I said, okay, cool. That sounds good. You can handle that while I make pizza in the kitchen. Right, right. I feel the same way. I just let me make the pizza. Somebody else do all the social media stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, well, what do you, what do you want your name to be? And I said, um, I don't know. What's a good name? She's like, think of something punny. And I said, all right, what's good dough? And I said, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. It's, it's, uh, it can be thought of in two different ways. What's good dough, literally, or mm -hmm. like the way I talked when I was a kid, what's good though? Like, yeah, what's good yeah, with yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, Scott Wiener's uh, show. What was it? Really dough? Really dough. Uh, really dough with the question mark. So you, yeah. so you're what's good dough, and mm -hmm. basically is is the site and and your journey essentially to answer that question is what's good dough. Yeah, to answer the question, what's good dough, and I feel like out of the hundreds of pizza, maybe close to a thousand pizzas that I've made at home, you know, I don't really focus too much on the toppings. I don't focus on the sauce or anything like that. I'm really trying to nail down fermentation. Mm -hmm. And now part of the journey is mastering sourdough. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that I find extremely fascinating yeah. and delicious, um, but also very challenging. Yeah. And everybody's getting into it too. You're, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I think so. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you kind of dove into this right at the beat, right before the pandemic kicked in. Did you get a chance when you first kind of decided to immerse yourself to go to go to pizza expo and to kind of meet that larger community of what I call the tribe, the pizza tribe that are out there, the 10,000 people that are at, that show up in Vegas. So I have only been to pizza expo uh, twice and that was in 2020 and 2021. So to answer your question, no, I did not know such tribe existed. Um, <laughs> there's even this 
pizza community on Instagram that I had no idea existed. Again, I was hands off on social media for a second. And so I was really just learning pizza through books and that was it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, hey, welcome to my world. (laughs) This is how we used to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Now everyone can fast track it because they can get on the the, uh, you know, Instagram highway, and suddenly they're connected to thousands and thousands of people. But, uh, but it's the same tribe, and it's the same energy. And, uh, and, and you finally got to go. So you did get to meet a lot of these people face to face. Oh, I got to meet them face to face. I got to connect with them. And I think one of the best parts was to be able to try some of their pizzas, because yeah. when you're on the competition floor, and you see someone like Pizza Leah competing, or you see Derek Sanchez, you can't just help but like you can't help yourself but go up there and and say hey can i try one of those extra slices that is up for grabs for anyone so that was probably one of my best experiences going to pizza expo in addition to you know putting a face on the pizza maker and and meeting them so you've really uh, you know had a fast track of a learning curve of from going from almost knowing nobody and not that much to uh, immersing going deep into the deep end of of what's going on out there in the pizza world and how they're doing it. So you're starting to, to apply some of the things that you do. You go to workshops and things like that at the, uh, at the expos. Oh yeah. Um, I went to two memorable workshops at the expo. Uh, one was led by Scott Sandler who did a vegan cashew cheese Wow. that I am never going to forget. And then I went to Tony Gimignani's Romana class where he did some beautiful pies and I think it was like, he was advertising it as like a, a four or six hour dough. I'm pretty sure he was using a pre-ferment there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was impressive. Both of those workshops, un- unforgettable. So, so you've been adding to your repertoire and your skill set along the way. Somewhere in the middle of all this, you got involved in the pizza clubhouse and, and, and we're hosting, are you, are you still hosting one night a week? Uh, 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 a show on the clubhouse? Yes. In addition to the podcast, one night a week, I do a bit of an open forum on the pizza club with my co-host, Jimmy, Jimmy Hank. Uh, he makes yeah. some amazing Detroit style pizzas. And we, our focus is talking to the home pizza makers. And sometimes we'll have a guest on there like you, uh, where we uh, allow home pizza makers to ask you the questions, or we'll have an open style forum where we try to support one another. Like, hey, how come my dough isn't rising? Or what's the difference between this oven and that oven? And, and really, That's just where you and I first met actually was on at the at Pizza Club uh, when, when I was a guest on your show. Um, and so you do that. What is it? You do it once a week, and you have a sort of your own your own club clubhouse following, so to speak. Yes. Once a week, uh, every Wednesday. And, and the club is just, it's, it's not my following. It's the club's following. And really it's like a, a thousand person strong club where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, the pizza lovers on clubhouse kind of join up and, and talk pizza. For those who are hearing about this for the first time, and many of many of you already know about this and probably are regulars on pizza club, but, uh, but for those who are new to it, how, number one, how would they get hooked up, you know, with, with pizza club and, and how do they find out what's going on on each of the nights? Hmm, that's a great question. And so the cool thing about Pizza Club is everyone can be a member. You just have to download the Clubhouse app and then search for Pizza Club and you'll be notified every time we have a room. Monday nights, we do pizza industry conversations. Tuesday night is called the Pizza Hustle. Uh, 
uh, where we talk more about people who are doing pop-ups, running their business. Wednesday night is the Home Pizza Makers Idea Exchange, where it's like more focused on the home baker. And then Thursday night, we just talk about the pizza news of the week. We call it the Pizza Roundtable. Uh-huh. So, so four nights a week. There's not, not Friday. Not Friday. Um, okay. I think on Friday. <laughs> yeah. On Friday, we go out to go eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, right. Well, it's an interesting number. One, it's an interesting concept. It's part of this larger movement uh, called what is it just called Clubhouse? Is that the app Clubhouse? Is, is, that, is that what people go to? Because I know there's at least two Clubhouse apps and one of them is, leads to the one that we're part of. And then there's another one that led me down a rabbit hole that I it took forever to dig out of. But uh, yeah. It's actually, the movement is a social audio, uh, I believe. And so a couple of these apps are popping up and I think Clubhouse is the more dominant one, uh, but I think Twitter is up there as well. Don't quote me on that, but those are the two big names. Clubhouse Clubhouse is the one that people should go check out. Get the app for Clubhouse, log, sign in, get yourself, uh, you know, look hooked in and then within Clubhouse, find Pizza Club. Correct. And that'll lead you to the various... evening events that are scheduled and and you get on their calendar and see what's coming up. Oh yeah. That, that it, yeah. So, so it's fun. It is a fellowship. It's kind of a gathering of, of pizza freaks and pizza geeks and people who like us, who just love talking about fermentation. Um, and, uh, and it's really cool that you and, and Jimmy are actually hosting a night. I mean, you, somebody has to take ownership, I guess, of, of hosting in order for it to get on the air. And, uh, and I'm sure that the folks who are kind of, uh, behind it all, like uh, you know, folks like like uh, Michael, um, who you know, who I've been working with, uh, Michael Fox, who seems to be involved in the, the bigger picture, uh, is probably always looking for more people like you to host individual nights because without without that, you don't have a club. Correct. Michael is our leader, and he also hosts his room on Monday night. But on occasion, he will help us lead Wednesday night when either Jimmy or I need to step back. And, you know, we all kind of work as a team to make sure that there is a place, a safe space to talk pizza. Yeah. And it is, it really is safe and it's, and it's all audio. So for those who, again, who are wondering, because like me, uh, who are always overwhelmed by this, everything that's going on in the world of social media, uh, some things are video, some things are audio. Uh, this one is, is, is an audio gathering. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm staring at my screen and I see a microphone pulsing, which when somebody's talking, but, you know, right. and maybe their picture, their you know, avatar, but, but we're, we're not live in there, you know, like you and I are right now on our video podcasts. So. How did you like that format? Well, it's, I like it. It's comfortable for a couple reasons for me. Number one, it's nice to not feel like you're being watched, you know, when you're talking <laughs> yeah. and you can kind of, you could be multitasking even, and no one will know it as long as you can keep the conversation going. But, uh, but it also frees my hands up and it makes me feel like a less self-conscious, I guess is really what it's about. And, and I'm a, I think looking back in my own history, I'm a more of an, uh, a, a verbal audio type guy, as opposed to a, a visual guy. So I'm, I'm much more comfortable. As I say, I always feel like I have a face made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how long now has uh, what's good dope been, um, been on the air? On the air, I posted my first episode in November, sorry, February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. And it was because I was plateauing in pizza making at home. I thought, well, 
if I'm only going off of books and I'm not, I'm only interpreting it the way that I see it, I'm not getting that feedback that one would get working at a restaurant. And that's why I started the podcast really so that I could learn from others. Yeah. And it's been going strong since then. Well, uh, do you think it's going to actually happen for you? Do you, do you feel that kind of being pulled deeper and deeper into eventually wanting to have your own place or do your own thing? It's definitely pulling me a lot deeper than I could have ever imagined yeah. in terms of owning my own place. I think there is a place in my heart for it in the future, but not right now. Yeah. I think talking to over 150 pizza makers, Yeah, you, f- you find that it's a lot harder than just saying, I'm going to make pizza and I'm going to run a successful business. No, there's so many things to yeah. it. And that's what my guests and I talk about. Well, th- it's really cool because not only now do you have your own show that you can use as like a, you know, a, a learning grounds for yourself, but then you get to go to these expos and go to the various workshops and the workshops at expo is not just on how to make pizza, but how to run a business, how to be successful, how to market, how to, how to deal with staffing issues and all sorts of other things, bookkeeping, you name it. So I think what you, what sounds like what you're doing is a smart thing is, you know, you're, you're uh, paying your dues. Now you're learning, you know, you're schooling yourself and getting ready, gearing yourself up for the, for the big leap. And maybe who knows along the way, you might even find um, partners or other people that, you know, can share that, that load. Cause it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a scary thing to do it totally on your own, unless you feel, you know, compelled to do that. And some people do. Um, but I think most people find that it's, it's really helpful to have somebody that can share the load so that either one of you can focus on the creative side, the, the pizza making, someone else can focus on the business side. I mean, those are all the things you learn when you go to these various workshops. And I'm sure that, so what, what, what we'll do is in a few minutes, we'll take a break. And when we come back, maybe you can you know, talk a little bit about some of the things you have learned along the way, some of the things you can share. But also what I want to talk about in, in part two is, you know, uh, if you wouldn't mind, share some of your favorite moments from the various interviews with people that you have, you know, had on the show, because uh, how many how many um, episodes have you done now? Over 150 episodes. That's amazing. That's incredible. I thought you were still kind of early into the game, but you're deep into it now. Oh, so, so you so you've talked sauce to, deep. You've talked to almost everybody. It sounds like uh, you're starting to find that you're you're running running low on uh, on who to and and you're starting to call people back for a second round. I am calling people back for a second round, but. The thing about pizza is it's so hot right now that there are new pizza makers popping up everywhere. There are new trends. Yeah. There are even cities of pizza uh, pizza cities that I've never even heard of. Have you heard of Quad Cities Pizza? I've only uh, only through the Ethernet here, you know, but I've but I've never been there. But I noticed that on your on your Instagram you have these links to various cities. What are, and they're uh, and what are those? I mean, there's like a flag that leads to a, a Portland or to a Quad City or to this. What what are those? Are those independent sites that you are linked to or th- do you create those? I uh, basically document my pizza travels. Uh, I am an avid traveler, even prior to pizza. Uh, I use credit card miles and points to be able wow. to fly me anywhere and, and go grab a slice. And anytime I go and hit up a new spot in a different state. I'll do a little picture, post it on the Instagram story just for memories and and to kind of inspire people to get out there because oftentimes, you know, we can get stuck just eating pizza that we make in a local area. But as you talked about earlier, there are destination pizza spots that are worth traveling to. That's really cool. So, so really you are, you're doing what we had dreamed about doing way, way back in the beginning of Pizza Quits was, was to actually get to all these places and, and to document them all. 
and you're documenting them so that people can, you know, if they have an interest in a particular spot, they can go to your flag, go there and see what you've already posted about them, which is a real nice, uh, really a public service, I think, you know, that you're doing for folks, which is great. For sure. Well, well, let's talk more about that when we come back. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited with the fact that you are you are living what I you would call the pizza quest dream. You are questing in, 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 the, in the never ending search for the perfect pizza and are passionate about it in a way. And, and that, you know, we find other people also are, but not everybody get, does what you're doing, which is to uh, either post about it, you know, do interviews with people, which is awesome. And to kind of collect an archive of information that'll be useful to anybody because yeah, I'm sure you get these uh, emails all the time from people say, Hey, can you, you know, I'm just getting started in my own sort of pizza journey. Where do I begin? And uh, you know, it's great to be able to send them to you and to other, you know, the other resources that'll get them going a lot faster than it took for us when, when we were starting. It's the power of social media. And I think one thing I want to leave everyone with before the break is uh, just to give a little sneak peek of, you know, what we may be talking about in part two. I recently interviewed Arthur Bovino. Uh, He is the head of pizza content at uh, Uni, the oven company. I didn't know that he had moved into that. I I knew Arthur as a writer. He's uh, he's written for the New York Times and things like that. Great guy. So I want to hear that interview. Yeah. Yeah. And he he left me with this one quote that really stuck with my mind. And that was, if you do what you want to do, you end up doing what you want to do. And (laughs) it was this very like, how's it very Zen. And it just, yeah. And so I'm just doing what I love. And, you know, I feel like more and more opportunities uh, will come up to just be even more immersed in pizza. So get out there and, and follow what you love. And, and hopefully that is well, pizza. Let's find out about all the things that you've loved and learned along the way. Uh, I'm with uh, Idris Laksa, who's where you're, are you in San Francisco or outside the Bay Area? You're somewhere in the Bay Area. San Jose, California. San Jose, in the Bay Area. a little south in the South Bay uh, area. And, uh, uh, and you're coming. So your quest is emanating from Northern California, where I'm on the East Coast. Um, Brad and Jeff, my partners with Pizza Quest are in Southern California. So we're all over the place. And this is kind of our nexus is meeting through Pizza Quest and through, you know, sites like yours. So we'll, we'll take a short break. We'll come back with Idrif in just a, a second. And uh, we'll continue this conversation on Pizza Quest as Idrif shares some of the highlights of his own personal quest. See you soon. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. I'm Dylan Hoyer, host of Meet in 3 on HRN, here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods at a family-owned and operated distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainably managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred, based in Jalisco, where together they transform agave byproducts and wastewater into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com 
to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Welcome back to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, and I'm here with Idra Flaxa, who's coming to us from the San Jose area of Northern California, my old stomping grounds. I uh, I was in the, on the North Bay. You were in the South Bay. But, uh, but, but we, we have a, a sort of a common turf there that we share. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the great places. We've already talked about one, one place that you've discovered that's up closer to where I used to live in Windsor called Pizzalia. And, uh, but there's a few others that did not exist when I lived in the Bay Area that do exist now, as, as is true across the country. But um, Idris has been talking about, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, telling us about his own journey as his uh his own podcast, uh, What's Good Dough, which in a sense uh, it tracks his own journey, his own quest for learning everything he can about pizza with uh, the possible ultimate destination of opening his own place someday, which I think is a great way to kind of frame this show is that it's sort of, it, it's leading to something. It's not just an abstract show about ideas, but it's sort of like, okay, if I'm going to do this one day, then I need to know everything I can. This is my story. This is my my learning journey uh, of how to do it. Before I do it, I'm going to learn everything I can. So maybe, uh, Ajith, if you wouldn't mind, you've talked to over 150 people. I've done a lot of podcasts, and you've you know you've started going to the expos and networking and going everywhere. Uh, what are if you wouldn't mind share some of the 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 lessons, the takeaways that you've had from some of your favorite episodes uh, that maybe are memorable? You mentioned uh, you know a great quote from Arthur Bovino. The food, the food writer who's now who's now involved. You said he's now um, involved with the Uni uh, Oven Company. He's, he's part of there. Um, what a great great gig that he landed. Oh yeah. Um, and so why don't we start with that quote and then and then and take it from there because you're you're living that dream. Yeah. If you do what you want to do, you end up getting to do what you want to do. <laughs> and I, I think it just it stuck with me because it's like a lot of people think like oh. I need to have a pizzeria to work with pizza, or I need to have 10,000 followers to be able to go eat pizza uh, and, and have an audience or have people watch it. No, no, just go out and do it. And then if you stick with it, um, who knows what opportunities will come out of that. Yeah. And so that's what I really loved about Arthur's quote. Well, you know, I, I mean, it's in its simplicity, it's so profound and very similar to what's the old line, uh, follow your bliss, you know, mm. or, you know, do what you love and, you know, it will happen. Um, but Chris Bianco used to say, too, they said it's really important for people to have that passion and that caring, but that that's not enough. 
that mm. that that being as pa- the, the most passionate person in the room is only sort of a, a first step. You've got to f- follow up that passion with essentially doing the work. Oh, and and 100%. I think that's kind of a, a part of this journey that you're on as well. By the way, you can see I'm in the middle of doing my own work. I, I uh, normally with people who join us on the on the video podcast see that it's me surrounded by a, uh, an office full of, of my book collections, which are now on boxes behind me. We're getting ready to move. And uh, over the next month or so, we're going to gradually move over to another house. And when we get reset up over there, hopefully I'll have my own little cubby. I like the way you set up yours with with your with a kind of this. It's like a little studio surrounded by some of your favorite artwork. So that's kind of cool. I may I may switch to that kind of a model. I don't know. I'm, I get <laughs> I get overwhelmed by seeing hundreds and hundreds of books that I'll never read or maybe only read a couple pages. of. You know? I love your background, Peter. So if <laughs> consider that if you consider changing, but if or you need I help. I could just leave it like this. The sort of chaotic clutter could be my thing. <laughs> so, so I just, you, you did, you have talked to some of the great ones. You've talked to great pizza makers, great pizza operators. Not, and, and I think that's, what's kind of cool about your, your podcast is it's not just about how to make pizza. It's about how to be in the pizza business, how to be successful. You know, what are some of the other important takeaways that you might share with people who are, who are listening to us here, but who may want to then follow you on your podcast for, upcoming shows or listen yeah. to some of your old ones. I think it's important to distinguish when I say pizza business, uh, that it's not the traditional sense all the time of owning a restaurant. I talk to people who are pursuing pizza in their own way. And whether you run an oven company like Uni or you are a pizza blogger, right? As long as you are focused on pizza and that's what you're chasing, or even a pizza podcaster author, uh, you are welcome on the show and, and we're happy to learn from you. Um, in terms of those uh, folks who want to learn from great pizza makers, I have had the f- great, great fortune to be able to learn from some of the best. John Arena instantly comes to mind and his episode came at a very, very important time uh, because when you, for me, I was a beginner when I talked to him and I still very much am. And for any beginners who are kind of going into pizza for the very first time, you get so excited by, oh, what's Detroit style? Oh, what's, what's pizza Romana? What is Sicilian? Let me, let me try all of these things. Mm-hmm. But what John Arena said to me that really changed my mind is um, the hunter that catches two rabbits catches none. And so essentially when you split your focus and you're trying all these different style doughs, how are you ever going to make any progress when instead what he recommends is focus on that one style and one dough and keep improving that. Yeah. And once you feel like you've nailed that, take the lessons that you've learned from that dough and then apply it to the next style. Mm. And that's how you become a better pizza maker, according that's, to John. Great advice. Well, he is—he's got fifty plus years of of life experience to share. He's one of our favorite guests as well. He's—we call him one of our pizza yodis. You know, oh, I, love he, that. I think of him as the Yoda of pizza. And so I'm glad that you have had a chance to have an in-depth conversation with. I mean, he's—he's he's just so full of nuggets, n- n- wisdom nuggets, like the one he just gave you, uh, that you could kind of sit at his feet all day. Seriously, and and that's the great thing about podcasting is like you can get nuggets from so many different episodes, like at least one nugget per episode. And it's like, I can apply that into my life or I can take that mistake and 
try my best not to make it myself. And it's okay to fail uh, because that's part of growth and that's part of learning. I've learned to accept that and actually learn to champion and, and cherish that. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if you can avoid some of these catastrophic mistakes uh, that pizza makers make and share with me on the podcast, then, hey, cool. I don't have to make that catastrophic mistake. What are some of those catastrophic mistakes? Have, has anyone, have you heard of some that like, went, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. And I, I feel like I've shared this story um, qu- quite a few times because it's one of the most popular episodes. Okay. And I want to say, uh, you know, don't do this at home. Uh, yeah. Cause th- this is like, you know, this is, this is why we share these stories. But uh, my buddy Craig over at June's pizza, uh, he was actually operating in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And he started this pop-up at, in the pandemic, real bare bones. It's like, what do you need to open a pizzeria? You need an oven, check. You need a menu. So what he did for his menu is he got a piece of paper and spray painted margarita and special on it. And, <laughs> you know, put it up on a chain link fence. Yeah. Uh, well, you need a dough prep uh, station. Okay, let's go get this uh, storage bin. It's, uh, you know, those, those big movable storages, like a, uh, like a pod. Yeah. And let's, let's use that and, and keep our refrigerator there. Permits. No, we don't need that to, to operate right away. Uh, let's just start making pizza. This guy blew up in the Bay area. And I'm talking like 30,000 followers wow. next door communities are saying, have you tried June's pizza in the Bay area? And it just got so popular. And then the health department started looking Uh into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was just like the rise and the fall. And so it's like- The other shoe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The important lesson here is like, you got to do things legitimately, right? Mm -hmm. You got to CYA, as they say. And even though like they were able to serve amazing pizza- for that just short time. And like, that's a win in itself. Like, don't you, you have to think of like the long-term, the longevity aspect of it. It's like, can this be sustainable what I'm doing? Because if it's not, um, what is it? Um, I can't think of the law, but if, if it can go bad, it will go oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. Murphy's law. Is it Murphy's law? There bad? you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, did, did, did June get shut down? Is he, as he reopened? Is he, is he back in the game or what? They have shut down. Um, I'm trying to meet with him in a month, actually, hopefully. We were just talking a couple of days ago. Yeah. And when next time I go to Oakland, I want to have just a, a conversation with him and, and see where he's doing. When we did talk uh, at the end of last year, he did say he was he was trying to get back open. Wow. So, the rise and fall of June's pizza. Oh, my gosh. Well, it is not an uncommon story for sure. But on the other hand, I think that, you know, a lot of people would never have gotten in the game at all if they hadn't known, you know, what the rules to break were, you know, if they hadn't broken all the rules and just done it their own way. And, and so you kind of go, if I had known what it was, what it would have taken, I probably never would have done it. So I'm glad I did it. And then I'm learning my lessons the hard way. And if they if they can are resilient enough to bounce back. Uh, and hopefully with June, with the great start that he had and the reputation, uh, there's got to be support for getting him back, you know, up and running again. Huh? Fair point. And I think, you know, if I recall correctly from our conversation, I think investors were even asking him, like, do you want to get started again? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it works out. Sometimes it does work out. And sometimes yeah. you never bounce back. Sometimes you get your fingers burned and you go, I'm not doing that again. And, and, and it's sad for the rest of us when that happens, but we understand. 
Uh, but that's so that's a good, you know, good lesson is uh, if you're going to do it, then know what you need to do. And which is kind of like what you've been doing. You've been you've been gathering your, you know, your 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 knowledge base so that when you do it, you know, you don't want to have a crash and burn. You want to have a slow, steady rise. Oh, yes. Slow, steady rise. Just build something and slow growth. Right. I think one of the things that I've learned about just pizza and podcasting in general is like things take time. And uh, as my friend Christy, uh, Real Clever Food on Instagram would say, is that we're all in a hurry to become rock stars. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we just and another quote that I love is that uh, from this podcaster that I listen to, his name is Pat. You have to be a disaster before you can become the master. Oh, so, I like that. Nice quote. It, it's, yeah, it really is just about time and, and showing up every day and doing the work. As you said, you know, Chris Bianco believes in the passion, but you need something to drive that passion. And, and to me, that's the work. Yes, exactly. And, and uh, you have to have enough passion in you to sustain you through the, 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 the dark days of the work. It's not all fun and games. And it and it's repetitive and you know and 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 fingers hurt and the you know and you bleed a little bit so uh, that's when you really get tested on whether you love it enough to go all the way through with it. I know Chris used to tell us it took him. I think he was in business for 16 years before he finally put out a pizza that he was proud of. Wow. And and we don't think of him that way. We think of Chris as being this instant superstar, but uh, we don't know about the years that happened before that. You know, and and there's always stories behind the stories. What, what are some of the other uh, uh, great life lessons you learned? Did, 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 did Tony Gemignani share any gems of wisdom with you? Tony's, of course, everybody's talking about rock stars, you know, and here's a guy who's paid his dues. He's not just a, an instant rock star. He's a rock star who who earned his way to the top over the years. Yeah. Tony has been on the show and we bonded on the fact that I found this random pizzeria north of Philadelphia uh, out of nowhere in the cuts. And <laughs> basic, I, I saw his picture on the wall and I was like, Tony's been here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he actually taught the, uh, the pizza maker. There's different styles and how to do Detroit's. Oh. And, you know, one of the things that Tony told me and is great, great. And so such practical advice that you may have never even thought of, but like, think of the oven that you're buying and make sure that it's the oven that you need for pizza. Uh And on top of that, try to get two ovens if you can, so that you can serve different styles because you never know when a style is going to go out of season. He specifically was referring to like all the people who did wood fired ovens. I've actually even seen people who got wood-fired ovens and loved it, but wanted to make Sicilian pizzas. Yeah, and I was like, okay, do you? Um, but you know, especially with the pandemic, we saw takeout flourishing, and Tony was like, you know, think of the oven that you really want and the final product that you're trying to achieve, and make sure that oven matches. And if you can, get that second oven so that you can experiment and and kind of move with move with the times. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier uh, in the first segment that you were really uh, diving deeper now into the sourdough side. Have you had any uh, interesting interviews with some of the, the the leading sourdough pizza makers? Have you talked to Dan Richer or or uh, who are some of the other guys that are uh, Anthony Mangieri? Any of those guys? I've talking. I've spoken with Jan, Dan Richer, and uh, he was actually, I think, the first guest that I had on my podcast who did exclusively sourdough at the restaurant. Yeah. And one of the things he told me that I'll never forget 
that I just started to try recently because I was getting into sourdough is, and this isn't for everyone, right? Do this at your own risk. Yeah. To get a piece of your sourdough, uh, your leaven, and put it in your mouth and uh-huh. taste it. And you can spit it out, uh, which he recommends, I think. Uh, but then that, <laughs> that's the way you can, you know, check the acidity uh-huh. without getting any I can't think Special of any tools. I can't think of any peacemaker who hasn't put a piece of sourdough in there. Why would you, <laughs> you you have to taste it? You need to know what it tastes like. And and actually, most people like the taste. I mean, I I'll I'll chew it and swallow it. I love I I love the taste of raw sourdough. I it never Not too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> the idea never even occurred to me. I just thought yeah, it yeah. was like some raw uh-huh. was flour and water that wasn't cooked. And I was yeah. like, that sounds interesting. Let me try it out. Well, Dan's so. Pizzeria, you know, in Jersey City, Raza is one of the it's one of the hot spots in the country right now. I call it the Pizzeria Bianco of the moment. Mm. Uh, um, and yet and then uh, and of course, the other one that's super hot because it just got national press for being uh, picked number one of on this, whatever the the, the the latest poll of top 50 pizzerias is Una Pizza Napolitana, which used to live for a while in San Francisco. Did you ever get to go up there when? Anthony was uh, operating there. We did. We, we filmed some great video up there. So if anyone who's watching, go go look at the Anthony Mangiere Una Pizza Napolitana videos that we shot in San Francisco before he moved it back to New York City, where he just was announced last week as having the, the number one pizzeria in America. And I know a lot of the pizza guys, you know, they kind of take those awards with a with a little bit of a, you know, a grain of salt, because we know that in any given day, you know, there's hundreds of pizzerias that could be the best pizzeria in America. But but for consistency's sake, um, we remember when Anthony Mangieri was just starting out 20 years. For me, I remember like yesterday, it was 20, 20, 25 years ago. He was the new kid on the block. Now he's the old man, you know, the the, the venerable star um, like Chris Bianco. They were all once young and now they're the elder statesman of the of the movement. Um, but that's a great way. Any other sourdough guys besides uh, Dan that you talked to? Did you talk to uh, uh, who's what's the guy up in, uh, in Washington state? Um, sourdough Willie. Uh, yeah. 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 But well, I just blanked out on uh, oh, Will, Will Grant. Will yeah. Grant. Will, Will Grant. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. So Will we is talk- another one who really helped move the, the dial on sourdough. Definitely. Yeah. We talked, uh, he was the first person who taught me about sourdough. Think of sourdough as becoming your dough. So it's like when you think of your inoculation, it's it's kind of it's multiplying itself and surrounding the flower and it it, it kind of grows in that way. I don't know the exact word that he used. Uh-huh. Uh, but your sourdough is basically multiplying itself onto the dough and instead of the flour and the water becoming a dough ball, it's becoming just a bunch of sourdough microorganisms like being and inoculated inoculated his, yeah 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 well he he uh he, he does great job number one and and we featured one of his pizzas in the new pizza quest book the one that he won the uh uh the caputo cup championship with which is a white pizza uh with uh, blue cheese that's fabulous and and but the interesting thing is it's just a few years ago when i first met will that it seemed like sourdough pizza was was it was kind of like still fringe. You know, there were a few great people doing it. Anthony Mangieri had always been doing it, a few other people, but it was still a very small percentage. And now it seems like everybody who's getting into, you know, whether they've been into pizza for a while or just getting into it, everybody wants to now uh, do the sourdough thing. Are you seeing that in your interviews? 
Absolutely. And maybe because I'm in an echo chamber with Instagram and I, I just feel like all of my pizza friends are doing sourdough too. So it, it, it may seem bigger uh, than I think, but you could be right. I mean, it seems like the, the newest, brightest thing is sourdough and everyone's chasing it. I think that it's it's not going to be just a fad. I think that there's going to this is going to have legs because you know you can tell when something's here to stay uh, or just a blip on the screen. And I think that that what makes sourdough so important right now is, is that it's not just that it that it there's a health aura around it. There's sort of a the wellness aura around sourdough for its digestibility, but also simultaneously a flavor aura because there's a complexity of flavor in sourdough that you just can't get any other way. And, and just like artisan breads in general, and I think we can look at the artisan bread movement as a harbinger of what's going to happen in the pizza worlds and in the beer world is that, um, you know, natural fermentation is the future. They, mm. there's a, a saying that the, if the, the future of bread can be found in its past. And I think what's happening is, is that the great bread makers have all gone back to the traditional way of, of making, because in the end it makes better product. So this is a huge, I think, a, a paradigm shift in the pizza world. And we're just at the very front edge of it. And we're going to just see more and more of it. That's that's from my perspective. And you're you're getting another perspective because you're talking to a lot of people, even more than I am now, uh, in terms of sheer numbers. And I'd be really curious to hear, uh, especially the ones that are more mainstream that you've been talking to or have been in the business for a while and have locked into a particular style, if any of them have been bit by that sourdough bug as well. I can't say that I've spoken to any professional operators that weren't doing sourdough before and then switched it over. I've, I've definitely seen some people dabble um, and I've talked to people like Sarah Minnick, oh, who, yeah. who does Naturally Leaven. And, you know, you're just amazed at the people who are confident in doing sourdough because there is extra care and there is that margin where you over ferment it and you're kind of done. Right. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, you, you think of them as brave and, and they are kind of the leaders and those are the people that you want to learn from. So, and I think it's going to be, I think you're right. There is going to be a new generation of restaurateurs who just say, all right, I'm just going to go naturally leavened from the yeah. get. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the world's going to be better off for it. Uh, we, we hope so. I, I mean, I mean, such great pizza out there, yeasted, unyeasted, leavened, unleavened, you know, there's so many ways to do pizza. Uh, but uh, certainly I think this is the new, this is the big frontier that we're facing now, the ultimate frontier when it comes to fermentation. And as you said, you started out, you're your kind of, one of your areas of passion is this understanding of fermentation. You know, we could talk, I'd love to talk for hours with you about this. And so we're going to have to have you come back on another time. We're kind of running out of time on this episode, but I'd love to hear more stories and to sort of swap the war stories with you from some of the great people that you've met. And maybe we can, you know, we can kind of kick that back and forth. That'll be kind of a, 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 we can have our own, our own personal clubhouse between the two of us just sharing stories and invite other people to join us. Um, so c- congratulations on your success on, on growing your following. And uh, again, your, your Instagram fo- for those who want to follow you there is, is what, what's good dough. Yep. At what's good dough. Is that how they find you? At What's Good Dough, uh, the podcast is available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those are probably the most popular ones. And then you can reach out to me on Instagram. Love to talk pizza, business, life, anything. And then also people can find you Wednesday evenings on uh, Pizza Club on Pizza Club at, at, the, at the Clubhouse. Uh, 
So there's lots of different ways to connect with you. You're, uh, you know, you, you kind of dove in with both feet and uh, uh, suddenly you're connected to a very large network of people that many of whom you didn't know two years ago. <laughs> 100% facts. And, you know, it's like, I just love it. I love being able to talk pizza every second that I have. And so the more connected I am, the more yeah. opportunities to talk pizza and the more happiness that I get out of it. Doesn't it, isn't it kind of fun to go to like a pizza expo after for the second time after having been there once and and knowing that half the people there, you know, now, and now they're mm. part of, you know, you're part of the, this community that you didn't know you were a part of prior to that. Honestly, pizza expo feels like a second home now, seriously, yeah. like going yeah. there, I, I get it. It's, it's a, it's a completely different vibe and feeling yeah. um, for those who haven't been um, but when you go, you'll feel the energy. And when you go there and, and know one or two people and just to be able to connect and say hi and, and share war stories, that it's, yeah. it's the best feeling in the world. And we have a, a smaller pizza expo coming up in October in uh, Atlantic City, which I don't know if you'll be coming out for, but I'll be going and speaking there. Um, the, it's, it's Pizza Expo Northeast or something, Pizza and Pasta Expo Northeast. And it's all put on by the same people who do the big expo in Vegas. So they've split it, you know, so, so now you have two chances during the year to kind of connect to what I call the tribe, you know, the pizza tribe. And uh, and so for those of you who get a chance or on the East Coast can, can make it, uh, just look that one up and get get your, your information and your tickets and meet us in Atlantic City. It's mid-October. And then in uh, probably March, I don't have the dates yet, but sometime in March, there'll be... Um, uh, the new, the next Pizza Expo, Pizza Expo 2023. Ooh. It's hard to believe that so many years have gone by. But uh, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, they're back. Took them a while to regroup from this pandemic thing. But like the pizza world, it's one of the most resilient communities uh, known to man. And maybe it's because it's based in fermentation. Who knows? You know, <laughs> we're a living organism and we, kind of, we keep bouncing back. Oh, yeah. Hydra, uh, thank you again so much for being part of Pizza Quest today for uh, coming on for sharing some stories and we'll look forward to having you back and uh, I'll look forward to uh, coming back on your show again as well. We can just keep it going back and forth. Can I just do a quick plug, Peter, Please your do. show is one of the most popular of 2022 on my podcast. Oh, seriously, nice. check it out. And we did leave the conversation off uh, where it was just getting interesting, but we had that hour cutoff time. And so, yes, I would love 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 to have you back on the let's show. let's set a date as soon as i get moved into my new house let's set a date and i'll come back on and i'll come in for my new studio <laughs> Ooh, i like it i'm excited thank you for having me peter thank i appreciate you. it all right have a wonderful time and uh and next time we're going to try to uh, pick your brain for some more uh new new discoveries new pizza discoveries that you found in your you know in your own quest and your own journey so uh i want to hear but in the meantime go to his instagram and look at the different cities that he's flagged there and you can just sort of follow follow his his Follow his flags and, and uh, follow my pizza journey. I appreciate right. it, Peter. Thank you. All right, actor. Take care. Thank you all for joining us again. We'll see you on the next episode of Pizza Quest. Pizza Quest with Peter Reinhardt is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. <laughs>